We're back to the Neil Haley Show here on the Caregiver Dave Celebrity segment on the site of the local program, Caregiver Dave Nassani. Dave, how are you? What's going on, man? Oh, just doing great. Another beautiful day in sunshine, L.A. Awesome. You're not so fortunate, are you? No, not at all. It's cold. It's getting <laughs> colder and colder. So talk, tell us who our guest is today. Oh, a beautiful actress of the newly released Accursed, Isabella Vidovich. Uh, she is known for her movies, uh, Homefront, Wonder, Zombie, the Freeform TV series, The Fosters. And she's a daughter of a filmmaker, Elizabeth, Elizabella Vidovich. <laughs> Very similar name. Welcome to the show, Elizabella. Hi, Isabella. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Fantastic. So let's talk about it. I guess because it was in the family, did you always want to be an actress? No, no. I, uh, I, it kind of happened like by, by a fluke, um, <laughs> but I, I love it. Um, yeah, it was kind of a funny story, but I fell into it and I love it. And, you know, here we are 10 years later. <laughs> Flukes are nice. Tell us about the fluky story. I honestly, I've always loved performing, you know, I've always loved singing and, and I was always very um, outgoing. Uh, and then when I was seven or eight years old, I was at a, a party, uh, an Easter party with my family and a singing coach had heard me sing and I was very precocious and um, performance oriented and he suggested <laughs> that I audition uh, for an agent and my mom was a little weary because she's in film and, you know, to put her kid in acting, she wasn't sure, but I auditioned and I loved it. And, you know, the rest is history, I guess. This history. <laughs> exactly. So in that process, did you feel that you were going to be able to do this? You said first you didn't want to do it. Then you did. What made you start to love it? Um, it wasn't that I didn't like want to, uh, I wasn't forced into it. I just never sought it out, I guess, if that makes sense. So, um, you know, I tried it out cause I was, uh, I was willing to try anything out and I ended up just falling in love with it. Um, but I wasn't forced into it. You know, I just, I just ended up being given the opportunity, which was very fortunate. So was your mother always watching you and guiding you and making sure you didn't fall into those pitfalls that so many young actresses fall into? She was my mom <laughs> and my, uh, my mentor for, you know, 12, well, forever, really, but for acting for over 10 years now. But that was a good thing, right? Yeah. I, I mean, very lucky. Not a lot of people can say that it's right in their family. Yeah. Not the typical stereotype stage bomb. No, not at all. <laughs> okay, Let's talk a little bit about uh, what was your one of your favorite roles in your career? Which one would you say? Favorite roles in my career. Uh, that's always such a hard question. Um, I would say um, one of my favorite roles may have been one that I just did, actually. It was on a Disney Plus show called Just Beyond that came out um, in October of this year. So it's very recent. And it's an anthology series. So every episode is, you know, different cast, different story. And that one was just really wild. Like I, I completely transformed my look. I had to wear prosthetics. So um, I think that was just the most intriguing role that I've gotten to do. Interesting, interesting. And uh, what do you think you're most known for? So you talked about the one your favorite. What do you think most known? Probably Wonder, a film that I did in... What was that 2016 I think it and it came out 2017 great all right Dave next question when did you like go toward the horror genre 
No. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, so we're talking about the accursed. So yeah. the accursed just came out uh, November twelfth, and you know the accursed has been in the works since twenty seventeen. Really? Uh, Did COVID slow it down? No, it just uh, no. Actually, we got very lucky. It did not slow it down. We well a little bit, but we ran an Indiegogo campaign for it in 2017, which is when I hopped on as a producer, and then we got the rest of the funds. And in 2019, we filmed it. So right before the pandemic, and then we were in post production during the pandemic, and then you know now it's out in 2021. But uh, I, I love the horror genre. I just I never. I never got cast in it. And then <laughs> we so, had one here and I was like, fabulous. Exactly. And why do you, uh, that process took longer. What you think it's just basically just getting the right people in place, especially if you've been working on that project for a while. Yeah. I mean, you know, we started fundraising in 2017 and raising funds for an indie film is its biggest challenge. So exactly. yeah. we got it by 2019 and, and filmed it with a really great group of people. Where do you see indie films going now, especially with COVID? Because it's more expensive now to film indie films. You got to have more money, more precautions need to be put in place. And mm -hmm. you think there's been less indie films after COVID, or is it starting to pick up again in your take? I think it's starting to pick up again. I think that indie filmmaking has been on a steady rise for a long time. And I think now with the emergence of so many different kinds of technologies, like you can, you don't really have to spend as much money to film a movie anymore. You can do it on your phone. You can, you know, there's so many different mediums that are available to people now. So I think that indie films are, are now a highly competitive market. You're so young and yet you're producing this film. Is this your first uh, film you're producing or no? It's the first feature film I've produced, but I did some shorts. So how did you get that opportunity? Because my mom, again, you'll see she comes up a lot. <laughs> uh, she founded Almost Normal Productions, which is the production company that- Almost Normal, great name. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> she founded it in 2010. And then obviously I was just a youngin back then as if I'm not now. But uh, in 2017, I, I kind of wanted to hop on officially when I was, I was 16 and I wanted to hop on and actually go through the process of producing a project and the accursed was already in the works. And so I just, I just decided to give it a go. I just want to say more and more actors uh, seem to want to get into acting, uh, not acting, producing and directing uh, in addition to acting, sometimes instead of acting, why is that trend? What is it that draws them to that? Uh, that's a good question. I think, at least for me, I think that I like having, I think not, you know, knowledge is power and being able to know the whole process of, of what goes into making a film uh, really helps me as an actor, because when I work on sets that I'm not working behind the scenes where I'm just in front of the camera, I like having the awareness of what's actually going on. Yeah, not just take Blank yeah, site. exactly. With acting or exactly. replace cool. acting with producing. So tell her what, what it takes to be a producer. Give, go into like some of the process of producing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, you wear a lot of hats. 
Yeah. You wear a lot of hats as a producer. There's, it's, it's a lot more in, it's a completely different type of creativity than acting. Although I think my, my mom and Catherine would argue that producing is not creative at all <laughs> because they directed and wrote the film. But, you know, I think that uh, producing requires, you know, you have to put a whole project together. You have to get it off ground. You have to put all the, you know, because filmmaking is like a, like a, like a machine, like you've got to get all the moving parts together. And that's what a producer does. So I think that when I got into producing, it made me really appreciate what it takes to make a movie and get it on the big screen. Um, so, you know, you go from the fundraising to the, from the development, to the fundraising, to the pre-production, to the uh, filming to the post-production and then to the marketing and distribution phase. So you've really got to see the whole project through. Um, and I think it just takes a lot of patience and a lot of grind. <laughs> now I'm, I'm a dummy. So how does producing uh, different from directing? Uh, because a producer, you know, you're involved from the beginning to the end, not that a director isn't, but I think that directors often get attached once the funding is in place uh, sometimes not, but you know, you, the director doesn't have anything to do usually with like getting the funds and then also with marketing the film and getting distribution that's not really in the director's wheelhouse. The director, it's very creative. You know, you're there to, to, to bring the film to life, but not necessarily to, um, to get the whole team together. And there are some producer directors as well where they do both, yes? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Elizabeth and Catherine, who, who directed The Accurts, they also produced it. Uh, so definitely, I don't know that I would want to produce and direct. I think that's <laughs> so. What do you think the difference, defining the difference between directing, producing, then we're going to get to a curse? I'm just interested in this because always I interview directors and producers, and I really kind of think I understand the difference. Uh, but what is the difference? The main difference, I think, that directing is is incredibly creative, and I think producing is very technical. I think as a producer, you're forced to. Uh, like I said, you're forced to bring everything together. You're dealing with things like paperwork and 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 fundraising and and all the nitty gritty. Whereas a director, you really shouldn't be worrying about all of that. So the producer is almost close to like the owner of the film, but they have more power in certain ways. While the director is the one that gives the whole idea of what the creative needs to look like. Putting yeah, the director is the one who's 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 bringing the vision of the film to life which is those great directors that we've heard about in our careers that say the wow ones that have just done such amazing things. And a lot of times the director's never one that had the script, never was the one that cast everything that, or the director's cast it, but it has seized the vision and is able to get the vision to where it needs to be. Then production gets the final product out, right? You're looking at the post pre-production, post-production and final distribution. That's the producers. Yes, order. definitely. I mean, directors and producers are equally as important. It's just that one is is focusing on actually creating the film that you end up seeing, the visual and the creative aspect of it. But without the producer, the director wouldn't be able to do their job. So right. when does the producer win the argument and when does the director win the argument? <laughs> I think it really depends project to project. I think it depends on the relationship. Ideally, the director and the producer get along. Especially if they are one person. <laughs> I know. So I think that ultimately it just depends on, on the relationship 
the, the, you yeah. know, the relationship between uh, each individual producer and director, but I think it's, sh- it's, it, you know, it should be, uh, it should be collaborative. So it's everybody- technical versus creative and, and it's that battle. But everybody's working towards the same thing. Like, you know, you should be collaborating and not clashing too much, hopefully. The director's almost like the head coach in a way with all the people around it. Uh, the assistant coaches really are doing the job. The head coach is the one that comes up with the game plan, but without all those other coaches, like in, think about in, in football, they you wouldn't have a team if you didn't have a good offensive coordinating coach. All the exactly. Exactly. So you're saying the head coach is the producer? No, director. 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 Definitely, definitely the head coach is the director. Because <laughs> he is directing the plan of what's done, but if without everyone behind the scenes and what takes to get a film out. All right, let's talk about The Accursed now. Tell yeah. us about uh, the premise. I watched the trailer. It seems really scary. I want to definitely see it. So, uh, tell me a little <laughs> bit about it. Yeah. Yeah, you love uh, horror movies. Well, in a nutshell, The Accursed is about a woman, Hannah, who spends two decades suppressing a curse that can annihilate her whole bloodline. So (laughs) it's pretty morbid. Uh, And somebody in the family releases that curse. So, you know, all hell breaks loose. But there's a point in the movie where you're kind of rooting for the ghost. Uh, What's that about? Well, I can't give too much away. (laughs) We like to tell stories about multifaceted characters, even ghosts. (laughs) So the ghost was a person at one point and she is now back and she is back for some vengeance. And you feel some sympathy. You do feel some sympathy because, you know, nobody is is seeking vengeance for no reason. Hmm. So let's talk about do you believe in the paranormal? Do I believe? Yeah, I do believe in. I believe in ghosts. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So, and in certain ways, some people do, some people don't, and then some of it is, you know, not real, and some of it is. So, you know, you see these different paranormal shows. What do you think makes fear such an important thing that people want to have to watch and do those things? What do you think it is that love horror movies, love the paranormal? What is the excitement? I think it's because of the unknown what do you think well i mean people watch movies it's a form of escapism right so i think that some people like watching comedies they like to laugh as a form of relief and i think others are kind of adrenaline junkies and like being on the edge of their seat and being distracted in that way and i think that horror films offer their own type of relief at least for me like when i'm watching a horror film no matter what's going on in my life, no matter where I'm at, how busy, whatever, that is all I can I can think about because it's it's all consuming. Like if it's a good film, you know. And it's interesting. Comedy is more my escapism. I enjoy horror, but comedy is my my thing in certain ways to laugh. And I think that anytime you and I want things that get my brain off of things because of the, the amount of time that's laser focused on different things. So it's to each its own. I think all forms of entertainment, as long as it's good entertainment is interesting. It's just interesting to see how that develops and grows for sure. And what do you think for horror fans, why they should see the accursed? Give us that, that reason. Yeah, go ahead. I think that uh, for horror fans, the accursed is unique. It's different. Uh, it still has all of the horror elements that you're looking for. If you like witchcraft, if you like magic, paranormal, it's all in there. It's got your classic jump scares, but it's also something that you haven't seen before because it's told against an Eastern European backdrop. So it's got 
interesting kinds of lore that I find unique. And as somebody who likes horror, I like watching films that have done something that I haven't seen before because it's difficult in a genre that's done virtually like everything, you know? All right. So Dave has his final questions involving caregiving, and it'll be interesting to see to uh, <laughs> hear your answer. Go ahead, Dave. Yeah, to someone who believes in ghosts. Wow. Um, so I'm a caregiver. My wife had a stroke 25 years ago. She lost her speech, became paralyzed on one side. And we, we struggled for a couple of years, you know, the grief process. But she decided, hey, God still has me around. I'm, I'm going to reinvent myself. I'm going to do everything I did before, which was a lot, you know. And so now she's amazing. She's like a cross between Martha Stewart and Wonder Woman, like a one-arm wallpaper hanger. She, I come home, the, the food's on the table, the laundry's done, uh, the house is clean, et cetera. Aww. So I've, I've learned how to not make mistakes. And so now I'm Caregiver Dave and I, I help other caregivers not make the same mistakes I made because 30% of caregivers actually die before their loved ones do it. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a very stressful job. So my question is, you're so young. Have you had any experience with uh, caregiving with uh, maybe your grandparents? No, I haven't. I can't well, say Lucky that. you. <laughs> no, no, I am. My, uh, I have not had any, any experience caregiving. Yeah, because as, as, our, as our elderly loved ones get older, you know, maybe you have some friends who are caring for some parents who are, you know, having some problems, et cetera. It, I say it's it's inevitable. I mean, if you're either going to become a caregiver or need a caregiver one day. And so just put that in the yeah, back of your I mean, mind. I'm really close, you know, very, very close to my family. So my, but my, I'm in LA with my immediate family, my parents and my sister, but the rest of my family is out in Bosnia. And wow. so wow. grandparents, uh, my grandfather died seven or eight years ago, but I do have three of my grandparents and they're all healthy and well, thankfully. So, yeah. you know, naturally if there was a need for caregiving, obviously we would be yeah. there. If you're communicating with them, that's a form of caregiving. The older people get, especially grandparents, lonely. Yeah. having those conversations with them is a form of caregiving because you're giving them that time that might they need to spend time to hear from you and things like that so that's a form of caregiving as well i believe you know in a way some people are close to that person and helping them but the other form of caregiving is making those phone calls doing those to-do lists helping them in other ways and that's a form of caregiving sometimes dave that i'm sure you bring up in your show for sure absolutely so, so that's important so where can we go connect the film is out now is it available on vod now as well it is available on VOD. You can just, honestly, for all of the platforms that it's available on, you can go on the company's website, which is almostnormalproductions.com. But it's, and you'll see all the platforms, but it's available on iTunes, Vudu, YouTube movies, Amazon, uh, Google Play, all kinds of platforms. So it's crazy. Yeah. But everyone needs to check it out if you're a horror fan. Appreciate you coming by. And thanks again for taking the time as well. Appreciate it. So much for having me. Take care. Bye -bye. All right. All right, guys. That was the Caregiver Dave Celebrity segment, guys. Take care.